0: listening to Common Sense with Oxen Managing Director Jeremy Wilson and host Gab Davenport. Listen and learn your way through financial discussions as Jeremy dives into business success and how to achieve this through planning, forecasting, execution, managing cash flow, budgeting, and everything in between. We hear you already. Not another boring financial podcast. No, no. Common Sense is not like any of those because, well, Jeremy is not like any other accountant. Trust us. Take a listen and you'll see what we mean. Common Sense. They're not as common as you think.
1: All right, we're back. Hi, Jeremy. Hi, Gem. All right, today we're going to talk about creative accounting. So, there's often um, talk about creative accounting, creative accounting, when we talk about accounting. And there's obviously pros and cons to anything that we do creatively. And with accounting, this is something we have to be really careful about, correct? Very correct. Yeah. So I wanted to dive into how creative we can be with our with our accountant and with those accounting methods. So my first question for you is, what is creative accounting?
2: Yeah, really good question. And in all honesty, I think the answer to that is many and varied. <laughs> Let's think about accounting services as being a spectrum. And at one end, we've got the accountant that acts as an agent for the Inland Revenue Department, never talks to their customer, sends the accounts out 12 months after the end of year, and files tax returns, claims very little. That's one end of the spectrum. Right. The other end of the spectrum is an accountant who tries to manipulate numbers, sometimes correctly, sometimes incorrectly, and takes potentially quite large risks on behalf of the client, to minimise tax. Mm. Now, you notice I use the word minimise. Mm. It's interesting, under tax law, we're not allowed to avoid tax, right? But we can minimise tax. So, minimising tax is legal, and it's every taxpayer's right to actually minimise their tax. Mm. And believe it or not, this comes from a fundamental tax case which was from the uk which was basically the duke of westminster case (laughs) and the duke of westminster case basically says you're allowed to minimize your tax right but you can't avoid it you can't evade it if you avoid it or evade it we've got a problem you're probably going to end up on her majesty's service with free meals not a good look but we can minimize So I like to think of creative accounting as being the spectrum where we can actually say at one end, no, that's not working for me, that's working for the IRD. The other end, whoa, that's a bit risky out there and potentially that could, I could lose the shirt off my back. Somewhere in that range is going to be a comfortable position for each taxpayer. And it's once again, it's about communication with the accountant. It's about thinking about what's going to happen rather than what has happened.
1: Yeah, sure. So it's not a a case of something that we shouldn't be practicing. It's just knowing where we find that middle ground of, you know, working the pros more in our favour than against us. Yeah, exactly. You
2: know, there was a a lot of um, work over probably 15, 20 years ago about offshore tax. Yeah. And people would set up an offshore company. They'd basically go to a cash flow machine and pull their cash out from this offshore bank account.
1: You see that in movies all the time. You
2: do. (laughs) Yeah, and the IRD at that stage wasn't able to actually do a lot about it. They've slowly started to tighten up the rules, all right, and basically those rules have closed and closed. And if you were to go down that pathway, you're basically waving a great big red flag to the Inland Revenue Department. Right. And saying, hey, guys, you know, I'm rich. I have this great house, 15 cars, and I'm returning zero income for tax purposes. Uh, Hold on. That doesn't make sense. And you hear about this a lot. I think we've heard about it a lot in the last couple of years with entities like Facebook and Google, you know, making lovely profits and paying no tax. Mm. Now, that doesn't work in, uh, for us anymore. We're sitting there going, guys, you're not paying your fair share. We're paying too much. So I'd say the words creative accounting would make a lot of accountants very nervous. Yes. Right, And would make the Inland Revenue Department's ears prick up. Yeah. So that's probably why we don't use the term an awful lot. Yes. Because it's probably a little bit too far out for your your normal business advisor, accountant.
1: Yeah, no, fair enough. And a lot of the uh, sort of reading I was doing about that, there was almost a negative sort of connotation around creative accounting. So some of the uh, most popular ways that I did read um, to be creative in accounting was, um, one, to manipulate the profit figure to get rid of excessive tax in the future, two, to adjust figures related to employee benefits or incentives, and three, to pretend that the fina- financial condition of the company is sound so it's attractive for, f- for potential investors to invest in the business.
2: It's interesting that I'll come to that last one first. For me, that just reeks of fraudulent. Yes. It doesn't sound creative. It just sounds totally wrong. Yes. You know, you're, you're putting out a piece of paper saying to someone, hey, this company is really good and it's worth megabucks when it isn't.
1: Yeah. I, I couldn't do that. No.
2: I couldn't sleep at night doing that. Um, The first one, which is trying to reduce your profit, we can minimise profit. And income tax is basically based on um, this Greek word called nexus. Is there a nexus or a connection between spending money and A, running a business, or B, earning income? So as long as there is a nexus or a connection, generally speaking, we might be be able to get a tax deduction. Hmm. So if we think about the employee benefits... The employee is paid a salary, the employee works in the factory and produces widgets. The salary is tax deductible, Mm. it generates income. But we've also decided that the employee should get a golf membership. Now, assuming we're not a manufacturer of golf clubs, um, (laughs) do you believe there's a connection between playing golf and earning income or running a business? Now, some of you might say, well, of course there is. I do a lot of business on the golf course. To which the Inland Revenue Department's response is, great, keep a log book every time you play golf. Write down who you spoke to, how long did you speak for, what was discussed. And people are going, hang on, hang on, that's not working. Mm-hmm. So, yes, there are ways of getting deductions for things, but sometimes it's not practical. Yes. We had a lovely customer a few years ago who was a boat broker, and he would take people out on his boat. Right. And so he was saying, hey, can I claim all the expenses on my boat? And so we talked to the Inland Revenue Department and the same logic came back. Of course you can claim the expenses. When did you use the boat? What was discussed? How long was the boat used for, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. So it's like motor cars, vessels, log books, the IRD are quite happy if there's an apportionment. Yes. All right. And so you get a lot of people, and this is one we get a lot with overseas travel. And they say, okay, I went to a conference. And interestingly enough, the conference was in Australia and it was on the same weekend as a Bledisloe Cup game. <laughs> um, and the client saying it was 100% business. And we're sitting there going, guys, that's probably not going to work. <laughs> right? And that was probably one of my first ever tax cases was the Inland Revenue Department coming back to us as chartered accountants and saying, oh, this client happened to travel overseas. And we noted that there was a Bledisloe Cup game on.
1: Really? And so they are that? They are. Here.
2: Yeah. I've seen Inland Revenue Department with cameras outside supermarkets taking photographs of every car which had sign writing on it.
1: Wow.
2: Oh, I know. So, yeah, creative, not keen. Yeah. Finding that bit where we can actually get a good deduction legitimately in accordance with current tax law, very keen.
1: Yeah. And so um, where does the risk fall? Does it fall on the accountant or does it fall on the business, uh, the business owner?
2: Could be both. Initially, it will fall on the business owner because they are responsible for their taxes. The accountant is not.
1: Yes, they sign it off.
2: Exactly. So IRD would would have a crack at business owner, dear Mr, Mrs or whomever. They would then potentially take legal advice Mm -hmm. and the legal advice might be, oh, I don't think the accountant has done a very good job, and so they then might take action against the accountant. Right. IRD may take action against the accountant if the accountant was deemed to be doing it on a large scale across multiple entities. Right. So, yeah, the accountant would be really, really at risk here.
1: Yeah, okay. Um, and are there any, I guess, good ways, we've talked about this sort of being yeah not a great way, we've got to find that media and that happy balance. Are there any good ways to creative Creative account, creatively account, <laughs> uh, without it being illegal um, or negatively impacting the business. So at what point do we cross that line where we go, oh, this is, we're actually red flagging here?
2: Yeah, yeah. And I think if we come back to we have got a lot of flexibility within the Income Tax Act, if we're talking about income tax, and there are things that we can and, and can't do. Quite often it will be around the timing of something. So let's say you own a property, you want to renovate it, you're then going to put it on the market. I would actually talk about the dates that these things are happening, the amounts of money that you're going to spend. And I'm probably going to get a specific opinion from a tax consultant Mm. who all they do is look at income tax. And we did this for a customer two weeks ago. And the tax consultant came back and said, hey, not a problem. Watch out for A and B. But as long as you tick those boxes you'll be able to get a tax deduction under section right and so i think a prudent taxpayer whenever they're thinking about something which maybe is a little bit at the end of the spectrum must have a piece of paper to back them up to mm. say, i got a tax opinion, this is what the tax expert says. Even if the tax expert was wrong, they have relied on the advice of a person prudently. Yeah. And the Inland Revenue Department will look at that when they're assessing whether it was too creative or not.
1: Mm. Yeah, right. And have you got any examples perhaps of, uh, um, you know, ways that are illegal or negative ways mm. to um, create an account? Creatively accounted, Creatively account, creatively cool? account.
2: Yeah. yeah. I think the word creative probably says it. Yeah. If you're creating something creatively, mm. um, which isn't based on fact, you're going to have a problem. Yeah. So if someone says, oh, you know, that money that I received on the 31st of March wasn't really income, and yet there's an invoice to back it up, and the accountant doesn't return it as income – I have a real problem with that. Yes. So there's this whole concept of substance versus form. What's the real substance behind the transaction? Yeah. And an accountant is bound by their ethics to actually use the current legislation as best as they can to minimise, but to never avoid. Yes. So if someone said, oh, I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll put in an extra $100,000 worth of expenses, don't worry about it, and that will reduce your profit, and I'd be going, mm, you can't do that. Mm. Where are they coming from? So if I've got a tax opinion, if I've got substance behind the form of the transaction, I'm as happy as. If someone's blatantly not telling the truth, then we're probably going to tell them to go find another accountant. Yeah, yeah, no, fair enough.
1: Um, So three advantages of creative accounting.
2: Okay, so let's say by definition the creative accounting we're talking about is legal. It's about minimising, not avoiding or evading. Yeah. then the advantages are basically really simple. You keep the cash, the government doesn't get it too soon, which is what we're all after. Um, health and welfare still gets covered, yeah. but your business can use that cash to grow. Yeah. Right, And that's what a new business needs. It needs to minimise its taxes because it needs that money to provide it for working capital so it can grow. Yeah. So those are the main advantages.
1: Yeah, And then the three top disadvantages.
2: I think there's probably... That's that spectrum again, yeah. right? Go too far down one end, you're going to have a problem. Go too far down the other end, you've got too many problems. Yes. So it's like, what is that medium that works for you? Talk to your accountant, find out what they would do in your situation.
1: Yeah. And if someone has fallen down the rabbit hole um, working with a previous accountant who's perhaps gone too far down that, that, that negative spectrum, how can you help those, those clients who are, who are looking for someone else or a new accountant to get them back on track?
2: Yeah, a good question, and sometimes we do come across that. Yeah. An Inland Revenue Department does have the ability for a taxpayer to make a voluntary disclosure. Right. And those disclosures tend to avoid or minimise the amount of penalties that the Inland Revenue Department can impose. Okay. Because in some cases, they can impose penalties up to two, three, four hundred percent. Yeah, which right. is really nasty. Wow. So if it was a big thing and we felt that the uh, taxpayer was probably on thin ice, we would work through a tax consultant. We would make a formal voluntary declaration. We would work through it with the Inland Revenue Department. We'd be up front. Yeah, okay. Right. Never waiting for the Inland Revenue Department to knock on the door. Yeah. All right, you must be up front. Yeah. So don't bury your head in the sand and hope that it won't happen because it probably will.
1: Yeah, so be a bit forthcoming. Correct. Be, be vulnerable when, if you know, you've sort of fallen down that, that path.
2: Yeah, proactive, not reactive when it comes to IRD.
1: Yeah, perfect. Any last advice? I think we're sort of... We've covered quite a bit in that.
2: Yeah, I think it's the terminology of creative accountant mm. makes people a bit nervous. Yeah. But if we're talking about minimising, not avoiding, not evading, that's what you want an accountant for. Yeah. How can I minimise my taxes legitimately within the current income tax regimes? Yeah, perfect. Sweet as. Thanks, Jeremy. Cheers, get Bye.
0: Thanks for tuning in to Common Sense and be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on future episodes. And if you're looking for accounting or coaching services for your business, be sure to reach out via www.oxen.nz. Thanks for tuning in and subscribe.